Hey Church Girl, welcome to Church Girl Gang, a podcast where we get to talk about life, living for Jesus, and everything in between, and how that affects us in the here and now. My name is Kinsey, and I'll be your host, and I can't wait to dive into this conversation with you. Hey, Church Girl. My name is Kenzie, and I will be your host for today's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Church Girl Gang podcast. Listen, if this is your first time joining us for the pod, I want to say welcome. You are in the right place today. You've joined us at a great time as we are going through the OG Church Girls of the Old Testament And if you haven't heard any other episodes from this season, I want to encourage you definitely go back and at least check out episode one as it kind of sets everything up for the rest of what we're talking about. Uh, I do want to address something really quick. I know you've probably spent many a sleepless night thinking about this uh, as I actually (laughs) have, but on the last episode, I shared about the orange tree in my backyard and uh, I shared with you that it has not been doing so well. Well, after I shared this, I actually felt pretty uh, bad and pretty compelled to actually do something about it. And so uh, I have actually been working on nursing the tree back to health. And uh, I do wanna report that this tree is now thriving, okay? It is like, it's doing so well. I have actually come to the realization that apparently if you actually just take a little time and take care of your plants, uh, there's really no real mystery in keeping them alive. Uh, just uh, give, them a little, give them a little water and a little sunlight and they'll probably <laughs> be fine. And so, uh, yeah, the tree is doing very well, just in case you were concerned. Anyway, uh, before we dive into the rest of today's episode, I want to remind you that if you're here, it's probably because you have excellent taste in podcasts. Actually, I know that for a fact. Uh, Good for you. You can show your great taste in podcasts to your friends by pressing the share button. Um, There is a share button on whatever platform you're on. If you're joining us live right now, you can press share. Uh, You can post today's episode on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram. They make it so easy on Instagram, uh, even on your Insta story. Uh, So take a minute and do that right now. Don't worry, I will wait. Okay, so we're moving on to another church girl today, and if you haven't already read who it is in the title of the episode or in the description, then stop what you're doing right now. No peeksies, okay? Uh, Because I want to play a quick game, okay? I'm going to give you some clues and see if you can guess this one, okay? So here we go. Our church girl today is the matriarch of an ancient nation. Uh, She was considered very beautiful during her time and was often pursued uh, romantically by powerful men, including kings. Um, Her name means princess. Any guesses? Well, if you guess that our church girl today is Sarah, then you are correct. Uh, Sarah's story can be found from Genesis 11 all the way through Genesis 23. 
And I know you're like, what? We're still in Genesis? Seriously? Yes, we are still in Genesis. Uh, listen, some of the greatest lady heroes of the Bible are found right here in Genesis. So we're going to weather the pages uh, of our Bible real good right here in Genesis, you guys. Uh, so just get ready for that. Now, Remember, as we look at these stories, we're going to see what these stories show about God, about the women in these stories, and then in turn, about who he has made us to be. Uh, so this is all about building a biblical picture of womanhood. And I think the biggest markers of Sarah's story uh, are, first of all, her call to submission, and then secondly, her practice of patience. So uh, in today's episode, we're going to start with number one, submission. Uh, and then next on our next podcast, we're going to move into the topic of patience. Okay. So today, number one, submission. Um, for many, many cultural, political, and social reasons, I think the word submission uh, sparks a lot of thoughts in all of our minds. You probably had some kind of uh, response to that as soon as you heard the word. I hope that your response was uh, not to turn off the podcast, but to actually lean in, um, because I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, but especially as women, I think uh, this is a word that might make us uh, a little nervous, okay? The word submission. Uh, in fact, to me, on first hearing the word submission, uh, it kind of sounds like a dirty word um, because we want to be strong, strong women, you know, um, and the word submission sounds very counterintuitive to that. Uh, it sounds uh, kind of like the words second rate or less than or uh, those types of things. In fact, it's true that the idea of submissiveness has been used in the past to degrade women. Um, which is why I'd like to encourage us all to uh, just do our best to step into this idea with open minds. Um, and I know that's what our mom said when they were like trying to get us to eat peas or something like that. Like, you know, just try it, keep an open mind. Um, I don't like peas, okay? <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you that, except I don't like peas. Um, but I, I do want to encourage you, just give this a try. Give us a try because I believe uh, if we can discover the real, true biblical idea of submission and not some twisted, ugly version of it, then we're going to find a lot of freedom and a lot of truth here. I think it's going to help us not harm us. Okay, um, so just track with me. We're going to keep. We're going to go through this. So, uh, what we've been doing is taking a look at a characteristic characteristic of God. And then finding out how we can live that characteristic out. And at first I thought, well, submission is not really going to work uh, in using this uh, kind of pattern of, of thinking. Because, like, who does God submit to? He's the top dog, right? God doesn't submit to anyone. Um, and then I remember the story found in Matthew 26. And you might remember this one, too. I'm going to read it off, okay? Um, and if you're opening your Bible again, that's Matthew 26, it says, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther 
and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And of course, after this, uh, we know what happens. Jesus is tried, kind of, and killed on the cross. And then he resurrects Three days later, it's the best story ever told. But the fact is, uh, we see here in Matthew 26 that Jesus didn't want to be murdered. That sounds fair, um, if he didn't have to be. But God had a plan for his life. Um, God knew what the outcome was going to be. And Jesus submitted and said yes to God's plan, even though on paper it sounded, even though on paper, horrific. It sounded absolutely terrible. Why does Jesus go along with this? And uh, I think it's important for us to pay attention here because I think this is the big kicker. This is the only way that submission truly works. It's because God is trustworthy. It's because God deserves respect in every situation. Uh, And, you know, when, uh, Uh, in different circumstances in life, um, there are always people who lead. And uh, trust me when I say, uh, when there are like two people leading something, one of them is still falling. Like in every situation, someone is going to be the leader. That's just the way it works. So uh, when it comes to submission, I think when we hear that verse that um, probably we've all heard about submit to your husbands, um, if we're cringing about that verse, it's because we haven't gotten the full picture of it. Um, And actually, just bear with me because I'm going to read um, that whole section of scripture where that small verse that we hear that we uh, probably first think of when we think of verses about submission, I'm going to read the whole section of scripture. And I think it's going to make a lot more sense when I do. So here it is. It says, wives, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ. Husbands, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. 
He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So that whole portion of scripture is found in Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Uh, if you want to check that out for yourself, and I would encourage you to do that. Notice that most of what I just read wasn't actually about um, wives submitting to their husbands. It wasn't uh, actually about submission, most of it. Most of that portion of scripture was mostly about husbands caring for their wives. And both of these are very, very important. Um, these are important for a partnership to work. Um, ladies, allow your men to lead and men listen to, care for, and protect your lady. Okay? Um, and I think, I think submission does not work any other does not weigh. Um, you've got to have both, okay? You've got to have uh, someone who is respecting and someone who is uh, capable of uh, receiving respect, okay? So why, though, is this the way we ought to do things? Like, why does the girl have to be submissive? Why is it not the other way around? Uh, my first answer may be a little too simplistic, but I would first say, because the Bible says so. Um, to me, it's pretty clear how things should run when it comes to a marriage um, because I, I think that verse that we just read was very clear, exponentially clear on how things should be. Um, so for me, I would say, you know, God said it and, and that's how it is. Um, so I personally don't really think there needs to be another reason. One reason I would give um, is because men and women are unique um, in their respective genders. Um, I, I think men have certain characteristics that women don't have, and women have certain characteristics that men don't have. And um, sometimes we may want uh, to have one or the other. We might want to be stronger in one or the other. Um, but ultimately, I think God laid out a plan and um, we can see it naturally. We can see it in his word. But we can also see it naturally um, through our genders and through our gender roles, um, which is actually one thing that we're looking at through this series. And so um, I think men may be more suited to this um, than women are. And that's okay. That's okay. Does that mean that you, um, church girl, that you have to be some quiet house mouse girl? Um, not at all. Not at all. I'm not. Um, I, I love to be a strong leader lady uh, at my church and in my community. Um, I love to voice my own thoughts and opinions, um, my wants and my needs. And I think you should even expect to receive uh, things that you want and need. Um, you should expect to be included in decision making definitely, certainly. Um, but I think you should also allow your leader to get the final say. Um, because 
someone has to. Someone has to. Um, this is part of uh, the virtue of self-sacrifice, too. Um, and I think there's nothing wrong with practicing that. Um, this is one reason why we always say, we always say this, who you marry is the second most important decision you're ever going to make. Um, the first most important decision you're going to make is saying yes to Jesus, but the second is who you lock lives and body parts with. Um, so make sure that when you're saying yes, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person, that he is a leader worth following, that he is someone you can trust and respect with all of yourself, and that more than anything else in the entire world or beyond, he loves Jesus. Listen, it's not going to work uh, any other way. And I, I will say this, I will make this caveat. Um, if your spouse is asking you to do something that um, is against what God would have you do, um, then there is always room to say no. Um, I, that is a totally, completely fine thing to do. You should say no um, because uh, God, God is your leader first and foremost, um, and he's the one you should be submitting to first and foremost. And so um, it is okay to say no in those circumstances. That's why we say um, make sure that you find someone. Make sure that you're locking your life with someone that loves Jesus and is following after him. Um, that's the point of submission. It's not, it's not subservience. Uh, submission is a part of teamwork. Okay, this is how two people come together. So um, whoever you're following, he's like the quarterback. And you can be like the running back or something like that. Um, <laughs> But uh, who am I kidding? I don't know anything about football. <laughs> hey, really quick, I want to take a minute and tell you about one of our sponsors. And uh, this sponsor is one that is near and dear to my heart, and that is Connection Christian Academy. CCA is a K through fifth hybrid homeschool located in beautiful Buda, Texas. Their mission is to provide kids not only with a fantastic learning experience and environment, but also give kids leadership tools that they can use for the rest of their lives while also sharing the love of Christ. With everything going on in the world today, it just seems obvious that kids should be learning in an environment like this. And it couldn't be easier as the staff has worked so hard to make tuition extremely affordable. So what are you waiting for? If you're in Austin, Hayes County, San Marcos, or the surrounding areas, do not hesitate. Head to myconnectionacademy.com for more info and to apply today. Well, now that we've got our foundation on submission, let's dive into Sarah's story for real, for real, okay? So Sarah did a lot of traveling in her time, but her most famous big move can be found in Genesis 12. So check this out. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. 
So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. Um, so I should say this, I uh, probably should have said this to start with, but um, this story is about Sarah. Um, in this section of scripture, she's called Sarai. Um, she actually got a name change later on, um, and her name was changed to Sarah. So if you hear Sarai, that is Sarah, okay? Um, but this is Sarah saying a big yes. Uh, this was Sarah practicing the virtue of submission. So God told her husband, uh, Abram, later Abraham, uh, to pack up and move from their home. And now the, the place that they had lived, uh, they were with their entire family, okay? Um, this was pretty generational. Um, and so when she's moving, she's not just moving from her home, she's moving away from her family, and she doesn't know if she's ever going to see her family again. Um, and notice this, God didn't give a destination, he just said that he would show Abraham where it was when they got there. He would show them their new home when they had arrived. Um, so basically, they were supposed to just get up and start walking. Um, <laughs> Abraham submitted to God, and in turn, Sarah submitted to Abraham. What a beautiful picture of submission. That's how it's supposed to be. Imagine with me that Sarah said no. Um, I mean, this was a crazy plan. Um, she was going to leave her family. She was going to leave her home. But because Sarah said yes, she became an incredibly wealthy woman. Uh, she experienced miracles and adventures. And she was given a legacy that continues on today throughout many people groups and nations. If she would have said no to going, she would have never seen any of this come to fruition. Um, there was a moment, though, in particular, when she didn't submit to God's plan. See, God had promised Abraham that he would become the father of nations. Um, but Abraham and Sarah were both very old. Um, if you paid attention to that section of scripture in Genesis 12 that I had just read, it said that he was 75 years old. I uh, he continued to follow after God's plan. He got to um, a much older age, about uh, 100, before he actually uh, had any kids at all, uh, close, close to there. So uh, Abraham and Sarah were both very old. They had been unable to have any kids. They weren't getting any younger. Sarah got tired of waiting on God. Uh, she got tired of honestly, submitting to his plan. So she decided to take matters into her own hands. I'll put this very plainly in case some of our younger church girls are listening in, but Sarah told Abraham to have a baby with her servant, Hagar. And so he did. Uh, this ended up stirring up no end of trouble in their marriage, in their family dynamic, and in the life of Hagar. If you can even imagine, um, Sarah treated Hagar very poorly. Uh, this was definitely not her shining moment. Um, 
And Abraham caught in the middle, wasn't sure what exactly to do. And the repercussions of this single decision actually echo into our modern life through uh, national animosities and mistrust. It's incredible what one single decision can do. The good news is, as God is always able to do, he redeemed Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar's story. He worked a miracle in all of their lives. Um, When Abraham and Sarah again decided to submit to God and his plan, he followed through on his promise and gave them a son. Next week, we're going to take a look at patience through Sarah's story. But for today, I want to leave you with this verse found in James 4. that says this, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon, church girl. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Church Girl Gang. If you enjoyed listening to this and want to help us grow the gang, be sure to leave a five-star review on your listening platform. If you're on YouTube right now, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss an episode. You can connect with the Church Girl Gang and say hello on Facebook or Instagram. And also feel free to connect with me personally on all social media platforms, including YouTube, by searching at Kinsey Carice or heading to KinseyCarice.com for more content just like this. Bye!